Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. The way that I've always approached it really throughout is I always believe that anyone you meet, there's something you can learn from each other. And so I'm always asking people questions, really listening. And I think a lot of how we've built the product we've built is really just by listening. Three, two, one. My name is Espri Devora, host of the Women in Tech show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create the Women in Tech show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. Hey, this is Adam Marks. I'm a tech founder, writer, and consultant, and I've been listening to the Women in Tech podcast for about three and a half years now. Esprit does a phenomenal job spotlighting female entrepreneurs from all over the world And one thing I love about the show is listening to their stories and how they've built their companies and organizations. We should always be pushing for representation and equality every time we go into the boardroom, every time we look for co-founders, every time we look to hire employees for our companies. So support representation and equality, support the Women in Tech podcast, follow me at AdamMarks13 on Twitter and on LinkedIn. And remember to always look for the orange sunglasses. To connect and collaborate with extraordinary women in tech around the world, remember to go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. That's womenintechvip.com. The best business resource I have is my mentor's private Facebook group. I've never found a community that cares more about one another's success. It inspired me to create the same thing for podcasters. If you're a tech company or startup looking to grow your podcast audience, I created GetPodcastListeners.com, a private group specifically to discover how other podcasters have grown their audiences so we could do the same. Check out GetPodcastListeners.com. That's GetPodcastListeners.com. So today's personal spot is about a book I just finished listening to called The Effortless. And man, was it powerful. I already put a hold on it to listen to it again. So many incredible lessons. And I mean, it's just so much that I, I don't even think I could get into all of them right now. But I could tell you I'm sitting in my car at the beach after, you know, a long day and just remembering to make time for myself and that no matter what challenge arises, there is a way to operate inside of our bodies to be effortless. And it's definitely a mindful practice where like today when I was starting to feel flustered, it's like, well, what can I do? Like, how can I shift this state that I'm feeling right now? And, you know, even though like, honestly, like I'm, I feel almost like stuck in my car. Like I'm at the beach in the parking lot looking at the beach, but I'm not yet ready to even step out of the car and walk. It's like, I could only make it to the beach. And if this is it, if I can't get out of my car and this is as far as I got, it's better than, you know, not, you know, leaving the house at all. So I think just like re-examining and asking ourselves, like, how can we feel you know, joy and enjoy what we do. When things feel complicated, how can we make them them simple? 
And are we focusing on what we do have so we could attract more abundance or are we just focusing on what we don't have? And and just kind of like doing a check. Another thing that I check in with myself is that if I feel really flustered and triggered, it usually means there's something deeper going on with me. So just making the space to like really explore that and work on it and and understand that at the end of the day, hopefully like I, you will be okay, you know? So anyway, I hope that helps you in your day to day. Enjoy the next episode. Women in Tech podcast celebrating women in tech around the world. So excited for our next guest, Juliana, coming at us just outside of London in England. Welcome to the show. Hello. <laughs> see, Juliana, now you can see why I turned my mic lower. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. It's brilliant. Brilliant way to start. Love the energy. Our poor editor, he's like, oh my gosh, my ears every single time. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's wonderful. Juliana, welcome, welcome to the Women in Tech podcast. Go ahead and to kick things off, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Cool. So I'm Juliana Mayer. I'm CEO and founder of Superpass, which is a SaaS company, B2B SaaS company that basically makes websites, mobile apps out the box for content makers. And I guess the USP is that it looks and feels like Netflix or Spotify pretty much instantly. And you can put all your content, community and paywall together, but on your own platform. And okay, I want to get into your story. But first, just to dive into Superpass a little bit more, can we have brandable apps? Because I know this is a big thing. So is this going into the Superpass world and then having our podcast inside there? Or is this about having our podcast on the App Store? This is all about you. We are literally hidden behind the scenes. People don't know that it's our tech. It's all about your brand. You know, you go into the Apple App Store or Google Play Store and you search for your brand, download your app, and then people literally have your app on their phone with all your content there, beautiful push notifications that tell them what you're doing, you know, join your community, you keep 100% of anything you, you know, any money that you charge through it. It's literally your world, but you haven't had to build it yourself. We've built it for you. Do you provide other amenities other than just listening to the show, community features? Tell us a little bit more about what we can experience because I know so many people listening. By the way, all of you who have written me that you started a podcast because you were inspired by the Women in Tech podcast has blown my mind. I so appreciate that we're all together continuing to elevate women around the world. So Juliana, everybody listening who just started a podcast or those who have been podcasting for a while, what can they expect when they build a site with Superpass? So the, the really key thing is that it's all about having everything in one place. So it's really having a website and app that has all your content together, because what we feel is really broken in the market at the moment is that, you know, your podcast is over there. If you're making video, uh, online courses, they're in another place. You've got your ebook and your lead magnet and your blog and all your social media and your YouTube and, you know, everything's really, really fragmented. And what we say is, well, why send people into a thousand different places when instead you can have one call to action? So when somebody's listening to your podcast or really likes what you're doing on social media or YouTube, you say, download my app or go to my website. And then they go to one place. And instead of them arriving there and you sending them away to everywhere else, you know, we often say that these days websites are like a train station. You get there and you leave again, you know, being sent to social media and podcast players and all these other places. But when someone finally 
comes to your website, they're really engaged with you. Don't send them away. Keep them. Give them a beautiful place that's a destination where you can really engage with them more deeply. But not just that, that you actually create a place they're going to keep coming back to. And that's really where what we solve for entrepreneurs and content creators to really give them a place where they can turn listeners and followers into super fan customers, into paid customers, really enable them to grow that, you know, that top one to 10% of your audience that really love you. There isn't really a way to deliver what they need on social media or other platforms. And this is really creating that. But instead of it being yet another platform, it's your platform, it's your website, it's your own domain, and it's your app. And also it's one dashboard. So, you know, you, it's not like you've got an app and a website, you've got one place, but it's just that people can access it through different, you know, in different places like an app or a website, but it's, you know, you upload a video, it's everywhere. You know, your podcast is automatically, like when you build it, if you've already got a podcast, you literally can have our beautiful website and app within a few minutes. You come there, import the podcast through the RSS feed, it automatically builds you a beautiful landing page, which then you can go in and customize and add to later. But literally that takes two minutes to do that. So no plugins, no coding. Like, let me tell you how exciting it is to hear that there's no plugins, no coding, because even being a, a person in tech, I don't want to go build a website all the time. Yeah, yeah. It's exhausting. Yeah. And, and, you know, like even I, I was actually on an interview earlier today where they were talking about they're on WordPress and they have a podcast and then they eventually got around to putting a plugin on their WordPress site that pulled in the podcast. And then whenever there's a new podcast episode, it takes them two minutes to go in and approve that podcast. Like we don't even make you do that. Like literally the podcast automatically shows up on your website every time you publish it. It's automatically got all the show notes, everything else. You go and you you make a change on your podcast host to something in, in the show notes. It automatically updates it and you've got automatic notifications. So every time you've got a new episode, will automatically send out an email to all of your members, send a push notification to all of your members, and we can even hook up with your social media to post automatically to social media to say you've got wait, wait, a new episode. Wait. Yeah. <laughs> wait, hold on. I just yeah. fell over. Wait, okay. <laughs> Rewind. <laughs> start, start, start. That I just like... I didn't know a website can do that. <laughs> okay. Well, can. <laughs> sorry, I sorry to like stop you. It's just I spend so much time on social media making sure that everything like okay, get into it Juliana, tell me about this social media feature. It feels like we're doing an ad, but I swear this isn't an ad like <laughs> like wait, let me just give everybody context. This women in tech site that I've promised you guys. We've been in production since 2015. I have struggled with a website since 2015. I have been using the same website that Simplecast, our incredible host, has given us. The problem with the Simplecast site is that there's no relationship builder to like engage with you further for a newsletter, for emails, for that whole thing, right? So as beautiful as it is, and as much as I appreciate Simplecast for this beautiful, beautiful site that they've given me, I'm kind of like limited in building a deeper relationship with all of you. So like I have been working on this WordPress, but honestly doing these episodes and featuring all of you around the world is so much more important than me spending my time on a WordPress. Like if I had an hour in a day, I rather celebrate you than tinker with WordPress. And so now it is years later and I'm like, this website must be completed. And I'm like pulling all nighters trying to figure out WordPress. And I'm like, let me just check into the no code revolution <laughs> and see what's going on there. And even the no code stuff 
like it's it's a little bit it's not as no code as no code none of them that i've seen are considering social media so with that in mind this is why this is like wow juliana really found my pain let's talk about it (laughs) i love that i've so loved that you said that and and i think that you you really hit the nail on the head you know there's lots of platforms out there doing amazing things and what they do they do brilliantly but that's one slice it's not the whole ecosystem. So then creators like yourself need to do is then go to all, through all this pain to create the place that pulls it all together and creates that that ultimate destination. And what we've done is we've said, no more. You don't need to, to do that and go through that pain. We've solved that for you. And we're not trying to replace anything you're doing. You know, I think there's social media is so important for increasing your reach, growing your audience. But then it's not really catering for that top one to 10% of your audience that are really engaged, that do want to dive deeper. So that's where we come in. Podcast hosts, we don't want to replace them either. You know, we work with podcast hosts. We say, well, they're doing a brilliant job in distributing your podcast everywhere. Like, you know, we we want to really focus on what we do really well. So we then say, you've got your podcast host, we'll automatically pull it in for you. So you're then just having one place to update. And you're not having to then think about, okay, now how do I also have this on my website. And then also when you've got listeners, you're not sending them to, because a lot of podcast hosts do have a really great sort of website solution, but it's so fragmented from everything else you're doing. Um, And then you've got amazing uh, e-learning platforms and, you know, that again, they're brilliant for what they're doing, but again, it's, it's something over there and it's in a different place and it's not next to your podcast and it's not where you're building your community or, you know, and then on top of all, and we're just, this is just talking about web technology. None of these then have your own mobile app. So then in addition to bringing everything together in a website solution, we're then saying, but wait, you're missing something because actually if you want it to be a destination that people keep coming back to, what's better than a mobile app that's always on their phone that they see again and again. So you're always front of mind, you know, a website, you quite often will go to a website and forget you ever went back there. If you download someone's app, you're not going to forget about them. You're going to keep seeing it. Even if you don't go into it every day, you're going to keep seeing it. And then to like remove it, that's like a really intentional act, isn't it? Oh, now I'm going to delete this app, which of course, you know, people could delete your app, but then they're like actively choosing. They don't want to be engaged in any rather than just like forgetting about you. So this way you can like break that barrier of people forgetting about you. And if they actually like you, which they probably like you because they've downloaded your app, you then just like accelerated yourself right up to, you know, up their attention. You know, people just have so much capacity each day, not because of any reason other than we've all got too much on. So this is a way to just really elevate your brand in in so many ways. So cool. And I'm excited to explore further. I know you and I are going to have a call about this and I'm really excited. You guys, this has been a, a huge pain in in my journey. And so, um, Juliana, let's get into your interest in technology, how you even ended up at Superpass in the first place. When were the first moments where you recognized, huh, this world of tech is something I want to explore? Like for me, it was video games and my dad's home office playing in chat rooms. Uh, What were those moments for you? I guess I've always been around quite a lot of technology because even when I was a kid growing up in the 80s, like I remember my dad had this machine which was like online banking. Like it was a machine that literally the only thing it did was kind of remote banking. And my parents did a lot of work from home. And my, you know, my mom, you know, was working from a computer and 
you know, we had a fax machine. I mean, this is really go- going back. You, you asked the question, but, um, you know, and I remember we had a laptop, like we even had a laptop, but it was the, like the only game you could play on it was this really crazy one, which had two lines and each person was a different line and you had to make sure that they didn't like bash into each other. And it li- literally was the only game on this. It was like a black and white computer, like very, very pixelated. <laughs> and um, yeah, so I, I guess I, I kind of always grew, grew up around it without even realizing that, you know, that was relatively unusual for for kids in those days and then in the 90s I basically was in a band we were very much a DIY band where we were like kind of one of the first to do like home recordings you know this is before you had really great door systems on your computers we did it with like multi-trackers and things like that and you know we built a website for ourselves and it had cool little jumpy icons and you know like these really like in those days that was like a really big deal have your own website and have jumpy icons so I guess we just kind of have always just dived in and growing up I had a, like a really two, two great passions so I've always done tons of music been really creative been performing since I couldn't even walk and then I also really loved maths and science and and so I kind of had this conflict in my life and then when it came to kind of what to study I ended up doing engineering at Oxford and it was all about kind of how can like the reason I wanted to do that was because I wanted to look at how we can make our impact on the world less and more efficient and because I kind of thought you're never going to stop people impacting the environment, but you can make the way that we impact the environment less by making the processes better. And that was really my personal drive for why I studied engineering. And then after university, like the music love was like needling at me. So then I went into the music industry and then basically started my own label and did lots of things as an artist. And and it was really through that, that I looked at a lot of the connection that we all have with our super fans. And it just felt that we were doing a lot of, like even now, the conversation we've just had, all that manual work that we're all doing. I honestly feel like it's unnecessary. Like we should be focusing on making amazing content, engaging with with other humans, <laughs> like not just like doing manual tasks that should be automated tasks. And that's really where the idea for Superpass came from. And it really came from the idea of the micro subscription where, you know, if you've got a few thousand in your fan base as a musician, you know, that's not going to like with, you know, Spotify streams or whatever, that's never going to earn you a living. And back then, you know, we were still selling CDs. So, you know, selling 10, 10, 10 quid CDs was, was actually all right. You could, you could actually make a living out of that, but you know, you'd spend all this time marketing. And I thought, well, what if you just did a song a month and people paid you a couple of dollars a month for that song? That would be really cool. Cause literally I would, you know, be able to put food on the table and not have to spend my time doing all the other stuff. So that was kind of the original idea. This was 13 years ago and I waited three years for someone to create it and nobody did. And I thought, oh, go on then, I'll just make it happen. And this was, um, so to give you the context of 10 years ago when I, which was literally like literally coming up to to th- this month, 10 years ago is when I was like, all right, let, let's go and let's do it. The context is that Netflix had only just started their subscription streaming. They had been doing the DVD subscription, but they'd literally just started the subscription streaming. Spotify had just started in America. And so subscriptions was very, very new and streaming media was very, very new. And no one was doing micro subscriptions for individual creators, entrepreneurs. And so that's how we started. And we started in music. And we, at that point, were known as the fair trade streaming app because it was all about artists, you know, earning 100%. And then it really evolved because then we had people making courses and uh, people in TV and film and all kinds of different areas where they said, oh, can, you know, can we use this too? 
So it's been a real evolution through the years. And now more than half of our clients are podcasters. We're very, very focused on particularly podcasters building a business around their content. So podcasters that also are making courses, maybe them, you know, got audiobooks, maybe they're a speaker, you know, very often they're experts in their, in their niche and they're really, you know, a leading authority in that. And then for them to have an app is really a game changer. And it's just such a great way to, you know, maximize everything that they're doing. So that's kind of where it's ended up and kind of where it came from. But yeah, it's been a crazy journey. And and what I love now is that when I started Superpass, I mean, subscriptions have been around forever, but this kind of subscription streaming or micro subscriptions, it wasn't mainstream in how people thought about things. And a lot of the first few years was me very much talking about why subscriptions are so important. Now in the last four or five years, that's completely changed. Everyone understands why subscriptions are massive, why they're really important. I mean, the changes that we've seen even in the podcast industry in the last two months is, you know, everyone's moving to that now. So that's really cool to know that we've we've literally been in that, that space for 10 years and the market's now really maturing, but still no one's really offering a product like us that does give you literally everything together in one place, all your content, your community, your paywall, and it's your own website and your own app where it's your data, your audience, and 100% of your money. And when you first started Superpass, did you feel like I can totally do this? Or was it daunting? It seems so intentional. Like a lot of people fall into a business. It feels like this business was very intentional. (laughs) So the irony is, so I come from a family of entrepreneurs. My grandmothers were both on both sides of the family were entrepreneurs. My mom and my aunts, they're all entrepreneurs. So I come from this really, really entrepreneurial family. And when I was a kid growing up and they all work, you know, anyone who's an entrepreneur knows you pretty much work all hours. (laughs) And I saw how hard they work. And I thought, I don't want to do that. When I grow up, I don't want to do that. (laughs) So I never wanted to be an entrepreneur. But what I didn't quite anticipate is that I think being an entrepreneur is actually something in your blood. Like, yeah, I don't like totally in your entrepreneurs actually (laughs) just are trying to solve problems in the world and are trying to make the world a better place. Basically, I know it sounds cliched, but for me, that the reason I'm doing what I'm doing is because I saw a problem and I couldn't bear that no one was solving it and I had to go and solve it. And it just so happens that it's (laughs) created this crazy world where I do like 16 hour days pretty much every day for 10 years. So I I can't actually remember what was the original question you just asked me. (laughs) A lot of times I find that someone starts a company by accident or experimentation. And it just seems like Superpass was started very intentionally. Like I understand what the problem is that I want to solve and now I'm going after it. Was it indeed intentional? And in the beginning, what was daunting about the process? Yeah. So it's really cool to hear you phrase it that way because I've never really thought about it quite like that, but you're absolutely right. It was completely intentional because it was a very, very deep pain point that I felt I haven't really made much music since I started this company. I didn't want to stop making music, but this was such a pain point that I felt that I had to go and solve it. So it was really a drive to solve this pain point. And because it's such a major pain point for so many creators, it hasn't really, the pain point hasn't really changed in the last 10 years. I think the technology opportunities of how to solve it has evolved and changed, but the nugget and seed of of why, the why is still the exact same why. And it's just the how that has massively evolved beyond any of my imagination, you know, imaginings when we started. And the, the second part of your question of was there stuff daunting? Absolutely. Like every day there's stuff daunting. I'm learning every day, even now. I think the more I learn, the more I'm aware that there is to still learn. And the way that I've always approached it 
really throughout is I always believe that anyone you meet, there's something you can learn from each other. And so I'm always asking people questions, really listening. And I think a lot of how we've built the product we've built is really just by listening to our customers and, you know, not even just our customers, but just people, anyone I talk to anywhere, I'm always listening, like, what is their challenge? And I always say that, you know, if someone's interested in Supas, I say, well, let's have a call and I want to hear about your challenges. I don't say, you know, I want to tell you about how a product can help you. I say, I want to hear about your challenges because that's the thing that interests me. And then the puzzle I like to solve is, oh, well, this is how we can solve your challenges. But often I hear about challenges that like not that many people are talking about. And, you know, in the first few, the first couple of years of Superpass, I went around the industry, music industry, and and did hundreds of interviews. I mean, it was kind of, it was like business meetings, but for me, it felt like interviews where I was actually talking to them about their fan clubs and their super fans and their, you know, marketing channels and what what's worked for them and what hasn't. And, you know, I've been fortunate enough to sit in the offices of some of the, the biggest bands in the entire planet and hearing about their fan club and super fan experiences over the last few decades. I mean, it's been incredible, the stuff that I've kind of <laughs> been able to, you know, hear firsthand um, and, you know, still pinch myself at some, some of those opportunities. But that's how I approach everything. And, you know, it's not just in music, it's across all kinds of things, some of the authors that I've been able to speak to and just leaders across lots of industries. And, and really the pain points are shared. They're the same pain points. And, you know, I, I think that we are lucky to be solving them in a way that is fairly unique. I, I'm not aware of any product out there that's really doing what we're doing. There's lots of solutions that address slices of what we're doing. And, but all of it together, it does feel like, yeah, that we're basically leading the market in that. One thing before we move forward that I wanted to share is I feel the same way as you that being an entrepreneur has been in my blood. I get asked in a lot of interviews, when did you become an entrepreneur? And I'm like, I just, I was born one. And it's very, I remember when I was a little girl, I was walking in Westwood Village with my father and looking at the empty office buildings and daydreaming about what businesses I would put inside there. <laughs> like, who does that <laughs> as a little girl, you know? And so I, I do think it's just in your blood. Before we move on, further how can people connect with you if they if they want to you know get to know more about all things you where should they reach out and how can they find out more about superpass as well so the best way to connect with superpass is through our website which is superpass.com and the spelling of that is s-u-p-a so it's super with an a s-u-p-a-p-a-s-s.com and yeah you can actually probably connect with me directly through there is probably the best place because as I say I don't really have a life outside of <laughs> superpass <laughs> but if you did want to connect with me directly then I am on twitter and linkedin and can you spell your twitter profile and your linkedin for everybody your linkedin course, name yeah. not so, the url <laughs> yeah yeah, sure. So, so the Twitter, it's um, so it's my name, Juliana Mayer, and that's J U L I A N A, and then it's M E Y E R, and it's the same on LinkedIn. If you just type that into the search bar, you'll you'll see me. Perfect. Okay, so one question I love to ask is, what's one huge obstacle in your career that you've successfully overcome, and how did you overcome it? Gosh, there's been a few. <laughs> um. <laughs> I feel like I feel like you were about to say like um you mean today's obstacle or yesterday's obstacle? <laughs> like, yeah. I was actually disabled. I've been disabled in a couple of different ways um in my life um and one of the things was that I actually couldn't use my hands and I couldn't hold a pen and I couldn't 
brush my teeth and I couldn't, it was really bad. Um, for like a year, I couldn't actually use my arms and it was very, very bad pain. And, and I kind of had to like take a step outside of life. Wow. This is really the first time I'm publicly talking about this. So you're, this is here, world exclusive. <laughs> and it was really, really obviously the most challenging thing that's ever happened to me, but I'm really, really glad that it did because the mental discipline that I had to learn how to not just recover, but how to kind of deal with the fact that I basically had to stop everything in my life in order to get better. That's taught me things that have absolutely stayed with me every single day. And there's no way that I could have done what I've done in the last 10 years without having had that experience. So yeah, so I guess that's quite a big obstacle. <laughs> wow. I'm really glad that you recovered. I know that when we're going through physical ailments, there was a period where I couldn't walk without severe pain. And I'm talking about torturous, like pain, unlike any other pain I hope to ever experience in my life for five months. Mm. And man, is it hard Gosh. to run a company when you're, yeah. when you're in that much pain. <laughs> Just like you, I learned so much, so much. I mean, I tell mm. the universe, no thanks, don't want to do it again, but really appreciative <laughs> from all the lessons I learned. And it makes you really appreciate the little things as well. You know, stuff that we, like when we're younger, we just feel invincible, don't we? And it makes you really appreciate stuff that we do take for granted. And then I felt for me, it made me appreciate the little moments more. There was this really cool thing, which which I learned um so I, I went to the pain clinic because it was, it was, there was a lot of pain and a really cool thing they taught me was, uh, it's basically called the traffic light system where you write down, you know, cause there was like massive things that I used to do that I couldn't do anymore. So those were on the red list. So, you know, things that I would love to do one day, but I physically, there's no way I could do it right now. Then there was things on the green list, which is things that you absolutely, you know, bring you joy and you can do right now. And then there was things on the orange list or the amber list, which is stuff, which, you probably could do on a good day and you'd love to do, but you kind of maybe need to work up to, or, you know, and just writing that was firstly in the writing in the first place was so hard because right. Choosing what to put on the green list. I was like, but there's nothing that, like all the things that I wanted to do. I was focusing on all the stuff that I couldn't do. Cause that's, you know, where, where my mind was at. And and they said, well, what about these things? And they, they helped me to see, actually, there's so many things on the green list that I can do right now that actually do bring me a lot of joy and pleasure. And instead it shifted my mind to focus on those. And I think this is, I've actually had this conversation with a few people during the pandemic. Cause I think with, you know, people being in lockdowns and not able to do a lot of our normal lives. And it was like, well, there's tons of joyful things that we can do in our everyday life that maybe people just are focusing on what we can't do. And not really concentrating on, wow, look at all these other beautiful things that we can do. And, you know, some examples that I found in that period was, you know, that you can go kind of lie on the grass and look up at the trees. I know that sounds like, a, you know, oh, a silly wow. thing, but it's actually really joyful. No. Having a bath yes. or listening to some beautiful music. and Wow. I, I mean, I know you said, you just said it's probably like a simple, but it's not like the lying on the grass, just looking. It's never once yeah. crossed my mind. And I could totally do that. That's yeah, exactly. So you know, it, it it was it was just such a game changer for me. And and, and yeah, I think I've also carried that through through my whole. I mean, this is a long time ago. This is maybe fifteen years ago for me now, but I've carried it through everything since then. And it does mean that I do really appreciate the little moments. And there's another thing that I absolutely love, which is the five minute holiday. It's my favorite thing to you know because like life's so busy basically work 16 hour days and I've also got a three-year-old and you know life is absolutely freaking crazy but 
you know, and, you know, I, I don't really get to have weekends off or evenings off, but I have the five minute holiday, which is something you can take any time of the day, no matter where you are. And for five minutes, you either just like become mindful of what's around you or you completely visualize yourself off to somewhere beautiful, you know, some beautiful sunny beach somewhere or some windy cliff or whatever it is that, you know, that you like or some music, you know, music festival. And you just think about that for five minutes and oh my gosh, you just, I always just feel so, so great and energized after doing that. <laughs> wow. I feel like I'm going to take all these tips and apply them all to my life. I love them. One thing I'm curious about, again, because you and I share this in common is you mentioned you don't have a lot of time off and you work 16 hour days and, and weekends. And I, understand that. So the question is, because so many people are looking to start a company or what is entrepreneur life, and they'd say to us, why would you do that? So I have my own answers. What is your answer to like, why? <laughs> okay, so so my answer is that I love it and it energizes me and I don't notice the time passing. And I guess I'm saying that in the context of when I f was first sort of you know, fresh out of engineering. And I did do an engineering job in a geotechnical company. And, you know, it's a great job and really interesting, but I basically was clock watching. <laughs> I was, you know, there was a clock on the wall and I would be counting the hours until I could go home. And I sat there and I thought, I only worked there for a short time. And I thought, I do not want to count my life away because, you know, life is short and I want to love every minute. And that was really, for me, I made a promise to myself that I would never again work in a job where I was counting time away. And I think that's for me why I'm, you know, why I love my job and why I don't mind working so long is because I don't even notice, frankly. I mean, I get tired. I notice the tiredness, but I don't notice the length of time that I'm working because I love it. I absolutely love it. It's energizing. I, you know, I just feel like it, it's, it's giving more to me than it's taking from me. And that, I would just know I'd never want a different job. It's my favorite job in the whole world. And I love the team. I love the people we work with. I love the creativity of the project. And I love that we're doing something a little bit different and that we're just not ordinary. I love that. And my response is I, I feel a lot of universal freedom in living a purposeful life while here on earth. Like, and a lot of what I do, I feel like my company is like a forever school. Like I'm in my own little university and I'm just constantly learning and intrigued and studying and, and applying and testing. And it's fun. It's like a mental playground. I do think that I want to not think I a hundred percent want to get better at, um, prioritizing self-care, making sure I have a strong morning routine and a strong night routine. And I love that recommendation of just laying on the grass and like looking up at the tree. Like, that's great. I want to do a, more of that and prioritize that more. But the reason why I sometimes work through the night and work long hours and all this stuff is I'm so grateful to have a strong connection to my purpose here. And it, it gives me so much freedom in my universal existence. Yeah, I love that. I love that you said purpose and learning, because I think that absolutely sums it up. You know, I think having a purpose is the most fulfilling thing. Uh, and yeah, like learning, I, I never want to stop learning every single day. I want to be learning new things. And it there's just so much to, to, to find out. And as I say, like the more we find out, the more we realize that we don't know. <laughs> totally. I'd go, uh, Julia, to these tech conferences around the world, like wherever I go. And it doesn't matter, you know, no matter what 
chapter in my life I'm in, I'm always wearing a big backpack and everyone like makes fun of me. Like no matter where I am, I always look like I'm a college kid, like my big backpack with everything What's just in the ready backpack? to like study. Oh, just everything from my computer to mic gear to, you know, just, just <laughs> all the things. But I just got my backpack you know, like going. So I, you'll never find me at a tech conference without my, my hyper blue Nike backpack. Awesome. <laughs> Um, okay. So the last question is something I think is really beautiful. If you had one wish, it could be any wish. What is that wish for yourself? Not for others, a wish for yourself. And what's the one thing blocking that wish from becoming a reality today? So you said a wish for myself, but I guess because the main thing that I'm focused on is the mission that we're on. So I guess the wish is really that, sorry, it's just, this is literally what rules my life. No, I'm um, I'm la- but- I'm laughing because it's every woman's answer. <laughs> it's always serving the greater good of humanity. Let's go, Juliana. I'm ready for the greater good of humanity. I'm well, I, n- now I feel bad because mine isn't really for the greater good of humanity. Okay. It's more. Um, <laughs> so, obviously, what we've been making at Superpass, it's all about giving your everyday entrepreneur and creator access to the kind of technology that normally is only available to platforms like Netflix or Spotify or Twitter. Um, and really the, the wish is that we can enable any creator entrepreneur, no matter how small they are to basically have those kind of tools and that this becomes the go-to destination for anyone to have an incredible website and app for all their content basically. So I guess that's my wish. I know that's a bit of a business wish, but it's for other people. It's not for, for, for me or the business. Or it's really like we're driven by our why. And that's our why is we want to level the playing field and mean that you don't have to give away most of your money to those big platforms. You can keep it all for yourself and you don't need to have them control the relationship with your audience. And you don't even know who's listening to your stuff. It's your audience. You have their email address, you have all the data and that it's, it, you know, it's your brand front and center and it's not some other brand, you know, pushing their brand in, in, in front of your audience. So, yeah, I just really want people to have complete control, basically. <laughs> Aww. Okay. And what's, I don't even know if you could answer this in this way, but like what's one block that that's not true today? Because I feel like your answer is it's in progress to become true. Yeah. So I, th- I think we've always been very, very focused on product and experience and giving our clients an amazing experience with the product. I think what we've maybe not been so good at is sales and marketing. You know, we've, I'm really focused on product all the time. (laughs) Um, And I probably should make sure that we're a bit more focused on, you know, sales and marketing and growth. So I guess that's what has been the history, but obviously now we're, we're really moving that focus towards sales and marketing because I mean, the, the product has, we, we wrote a features list the other day. We've got over a hundred features and benefits that we're about to put on the new pricing page. I was like, holy shit, this is, sorry, excuse my language. Um, you know, this is like possibly the, the most advanced content app maker in, on the market. And most people do not know that we exist. And I was like, right, we need to change that. <laughs> and then my Pisces heart just wants to like tell the world that you <laughs> Please do, please do. Anyone listening, go tell everyone, please help me. (laughs) I want to help you, but help me. (laughs) I love it. Yes. How actually let's do that. Let's do that call to action, Juliana. How can people 
help you right now? Like when they're listening right now, if they're at a computer or on their phone and not driving a car or doing the dishes, how yeah. <laughs> how can they right now take action that could help you? What would be helpful? I guess there's kind of a two-part answer. So one is there's a bunch of ways that we can help you if you're listening and, and think this resonates with you. And one is obviously if you make content, like I really recommend looking at whether everything is in a cohesive, efficient you know, place that it all makes sense and you can really drive engagement. So we can help you with that. The other thing is if you want to help us, but also help yourself, we have an awesome affiliate program where like we do have people literally earning hundreds of dollars a month, every month from just literally sending one email to to a person. <laughs> so it's a really cool affiliate program. If that's interesting to you, definitely, you know, visit the website, superpass.com forward slash affiliates, and you can sign up to that. It takes about two minutes to sign up to that program. Um, and then the other thing is I know that there's some really, really incredible people listening to this podcast. And if you do have expertise in sales and marketing and you think, wow, that sounds like a cool company, I'd like to get involved. We'd love to hear from you. This whole journey of Superpass has been about people reaching out to us and saying, I've got this expertise. I want to help you get to the next level. So, you know, if, if you're listening, and you have this expertise, please like our team's growing and we do a lot of work with advisors and consultants and just people, companies that we love and want to partner with. So just reach out. Um, you know, it's all about the community and the ecosystem. And I'd love to to hear your thoughts and feedback and maybe work with you. Awesome. Okay. So a uh, speed round. First of all, have you been on a podcast before? Yes. Actually, I was on three interviews awesome. today. <laughs> this is Amazing. my fourth one of the day. <laughs> yes, I love it. Yes. First of all, I don't know how you keep up the energy. I love hearing that. Two is best piece of advice that you've gotten. There's nothing that you can't learn in books. That was my granddad who unfortunately I never met, but um, that was literally how he built his whole business and stuff was he just picked up books and learned about stuff he didn't know about. And your favorite book? Um, I actually really love April Dunford's obviously awesome. It's all about positioning. And it is, I've read tons of business books. For me, that was the most impactful book on Superpass. Obviously awesome. Amazing. Yeah, and definitely we'll recommend. All this everyone should read notes. it. <laughs> I bought about four copies and told almost everyone I know to read it. So there you go. That's quite an endorsement. Obviously awesome. <laughs> and last question is your favorite piece of software outside of Superpass, of course, what is your favorite tool? It could be mobile app, website, Gosh, that's a really tough one. I wish I'd kind of thought about this one ahead of the, the episode. There's so many tools that we use. Oh, what am I really digging at the moment? I really love Figma, actually. Um, so we're just we're just rebuilding our, our marketing website at the moment and just using it to do wireframing and designs and stuff. It's so easy. You know, I've used Sketch and, you know, the Adobe Suite and all these other ones in the past and absolutely loving Figma. So, yeah, thumbs up to them. <laughs> Nice. And can you describe to everybody what Figma is? I know it's super tech oh, trendy sure. right now, but just in case. Yeah. So, so Figma is basically a design tool. So if you, you know, have done anything, you know, in graphic design or, or wireframing, um, it's actually browser based, which is really cool. So you can easily share stuff. So if, if you kind of think of like Google Docs, but for like design, <laughs> it's a way that you can kind of collaborate in the same way you can on Google Docs, but it's all, you know, with design tools. Amazing. Juliana, thank you so much for hanging out with the Women in Tech podcast. If you want to connect and collaborate with more amazing women in tech around the world, remember to go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. Takes you straight there, womenintechvip.com. Say hello on social at Women in Tech Show on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. I will see you guys, talk to you guys, hear you guys in the next episode. Bye. Bye, everyone. 
Hi, this is Juliana Mayer, and I'm founder of Superpass, the all-in-one website and app maker for your content, community, and paywall. We're based in the UK, and you're listening to The Women in Tech Show. The Women in Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. And music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The Women in Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.